0: For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com.
1: Hello, welcome into the Mazin Brew Podcast here on the SB Nation Podcast Network, the post-game edition here. Team site producer, managing editor Anthony Broom here. After Michigan records a 63 to 10, that's right, they had 63 through three quarters points against Northern Illinois in a game that Michigan moves to three and 0 on the season. Just they've they've found a way to get better every week. That's where we start today, mm-hmm. and I know it's Northern Illinois, and that's the you know when you look at and here here's the thing so. I didn't this show isn't out as quickly as they usually are. Because honestly, I had to think about an interesting angle I could take with it because this is one of those rare games like I know there are a lot of people who will look at the box score and be like that's that doesn't always tell the entire story. Guys, you look at the box score today, look at the drive charts, it tells you everything you need to know this was a suffocating performance. Michigan came into the game as a 27.5 point favorite. They did what they should have done against a team they're much better than. And for the third week in a row, which has been the case, they played two teams that quite frankly, I know Washington was circled as the big non-conference opponent, non-conference test. Uh, Michigan's Michigan's a flat out better football team. They were three touchdowns better. Probably better than that if they had executed a little bit better uh, in some areas. But what what more can you say? Western Michigan, their week one opponent, comes out, beats Pittsburgh today. Now, Pittsburgh's not some kind of paragon of college football superiority, but it's a team from the mat getting a win over an ACC team. Maybe that's a pretty good win for Michigan. I think Washington, uh, Washington finally got their first win today. So, for the Wolverines, again... This was this was the easiest game on their schedule and not only do they make it here here's the thing these are this was a buy game today you pay I don't know how much they paid Northern Illinois to be there but unlike West, Western Michigan came to town a couple weeks ago and yeah it was a buy game but that's a program that's a team that came here to win a football game Northern Illinois is cashing a check and not only did they cash a check on Saturday they took a hell of a beating to do it and Like I said before, this is what good teams do. This is what very good teams do to teams that they have an advantage in every single area over. And that can be boring. Those types of non-conference games can be boring. But I think it speaks to the effort on Saturday that this was not a boring Michigan game. This was not a boring Michigan effort. Those guys continue to play with their hair on fire on both sides of the ball. They execute. They run to the football. They play hard go all out every snap and they managed to make a game that should have been a boring tune-up for next week Big 10 play starts up next week and they managed to make it impressive nine touchdowns all nine touchdowns of their of the game today scored on their first nine possessions i tweeted this out Brad Robbins and, and Michigan's punters they they didn't even need to dress today they could have let everyone leave the golf course, get in the stadium. They could have probably squeezed 18 today. Just beating the hell out of a MAC team on both sides of the ball. That's what you have to see. Very good teams do as big favorites what they did today. And again, I know this is going to be the comparison that gets made. Um, all season, I know it's what have you what are you doing to beat Ohio State today? Listen. Ohio State was A similarly big favorite against Tulsa. And up until the last couple minutes of the game, they didn't cover. They were 24 and a half point favorites. That's the pick I'm most proud of this week. It's Tulsa covering that big number. But good teams... Like, here's this narrative that we're seeing right now. And I was going to talk about this later in the show. But we'll just start with it now. Anything that happens in the vacuum of a week, we know how weird college football can be. There are a lot of very... Traditionally strong, at least in modern times, football programs right now that don't look very good. I'm not impressed with Oklahoma. I'm not impressed with Clemson. I'm not impressed with uh, you know a lot of these other teams that are ranked ahead of Michigan. I know Michigan's got to earn its way. They're not falling in love with their stuff as they like to say. They're not getting too high, not getting too low. They haven't had anything to get low about. That's where the test becomes interesting for them. We'll talk about the road ahead here in a bit. But I don't think you can I don't think you can make a case outside of trolling or outside like if you're someone who watches the football games, there are not twenty-four better football teams in America right now than Michigan is. Now, will that be the case next week? I don't know. Will that be the case three weeks from now, four weeks from now, two months from now? Who knows? But in the right here and the right now, three football games played, your film is what you are. And this is a good football team that's getting better. As I mentioned before, Rocky Lombardi came to town today, Saturday, whenever you wind up listening to this. And I, and I, this isn't fair to Michigan State. I don't want it to be rivalry fodder, but let's call a spade a spade, Okay. You could simulate what Rocky Lombardi what you can sim- simulate that game from last year a thousand times, and Rocky Lombardi doesn't become, to quote Chris, Chris Castellani, Pat F and Mahomes. What in a thousand simulations? I mean, what two, three times? Maybe one time. Maybe there's some weird cosmic thing where. Rocky Lombardi lighting up Michigan last year was the cosmic domino that set forward the, cha- the chain of events of bottoming out last season. And I'm going to admit, this is, this is totally reaching, but I'm just trying to make today's game a little interesting. Maybe that's Michigan's version of Doctor Strange looking into the, the 14 million possible futures, and there only being one scenario where the good guys win maybe Rocky Lombardi Tony Stark had to give up the Time Stone for the Avengers to beat Thanos maybe Rocky Lombardi had to light up Michigan for them to make the changes they did defensively, overhaul the culture make tweaks everywhere again, it's just a storyline this is the sports radio guy in me mixed with uh, the Marvel comic book movie nerd Rocky Lombardi was terrible Um, which makes what happened last year even more unacceptable. And and thank God that Michigan made the changes personnel-wise that they had to. Uh, Rocky Lombardi was 9 for 17 on Saturday for 46 yards. One touchdown, one pick. Oh, by the way, he did have a long run, and then uh, I think they were down down 56-3 or whatever it was, and he flexes to the crowd or whatever. Okay, Rocky. Okay, buddy. Michigan did what they had to do. I mean, there's a reason that Rocky Lombardi... Rocky Lombardi was benched, like, the week after that happened. So, whatever, dude. Have have fun at Northern Illinois. Typically speaking, a pain in the ass in the Mac West. They'll play Western Michigan at some point this year. We'll see. I'll be interested in seeing how that game plays out. Northern Illinois beat... There's some really weird transitive property stuff going on. Northern Illinois beat Georgia Tech who took Clemson to the wire on Saturday. That doesn't mean anything at the end of the day, but something I thought about, that's all. That's pretty much all I have to say about Northern Illinois. They came, they collected a paycheck. All week it was made, oh, Rocky Lombardi revenge game. What does the defense think? Uh, can, can Can lightning strike twice? No, it didn't. Rocky Lombardi stinks. No disrespect, but your film... You are what your film says you are. Blake Corum was excellent today. Michigan's offense was excellent today. I probably should have led with this. 48 rushes, 373 yards, 8 touchdowns. Blake Corum, 13 carries, 125 yards, 3 touchdowns in the day. He's rushed for 100 plus yards in every game so far. He has 7 rushing touchdowns. That guy is one of the 3 or 4 best running backs in college football. Period. Donovan Edwards, they said, this is another thing I like about Michigan. All week, they said, yeah, we want want to get Donovan Edwards some more run. He played in the first quarter. He had a 58-yard touchdown run. Eight carries, 86 yards, two touchdowns. Kid looks like the real deal. Son Haskins, nine carries, 56 yards, two touchdowns. Cade McNamara had a QB sneak. Tavier Dunlap, his first action of the season. Five carries, 43 yards. I mean, uh, Isaiah Gash, Dan Villari, somebody with the last name Boyvin, who I didn't even know was on the team. Michigan also played. Michigan, I think Michigan played 106 players on Saturday. Six quarterbacks, which was, I, I didn't even know there were six quarterbacks on the team. It's bad on me. But everyone has been waiting for that passing offense to pick up and. It's clear they made it an emphasis this week. I mean, they they saw in film what we saw, which is why I'm not I'm not drawing conclusions because this feels like and it's weird to say because you know Harbaugh and his staff have always operated like they're guarding the nuclear launch codes. I think they see what we see, and those are those have become points of emphasis in practice. This team is really good at doing what they say they're going to do. And they're not cocky about it. But all summer, offensive line, we think is great. Running backs, we want to build the offense around them. Cade McNamara can command an offense. I'd have to... I need to dive deeper and and track the the charts. And obviously scoring... uh, Or in chart the drives. But scoring nine touchdowns on your first nine drives of the game. And I, I know that Cade wasn't in for all of that. But since he came in... During the Wisconsin game last year, Michigan's Michigan's scoring rate, the touchdown rate, compared to the drives he's—I've said it all along—the guy comes in, he runs the offense, he leads scoring drives, he moves the chains. It didn't look pretty against Washington, but it didn't need to. Now Saturday, eight of eleven, 191 yards, a touchdown. Obviously, those numbers thrown off a little bit by he had an 87-yard touchdown to Cornelius Johnson. You can tell that you can tell they've been working a little bit more on the deep ball' he, he was, he's really close to hitting this wasn't uh, this wasn't Joe Milton firing the ball uh, down the field and it landing in the Briarwood mall parking lot like there's a couple he missed a couple deep balls he missed that are really close It feels like him and Cornelius Johnson are like just right on the verge of being a pretty good connection. But I thought Cade was sharp. I thought the ball came out good. I thought the, you know, he missed a couple, but that whatever. They read the tweets, and they Jim Harbaugh said after the game it was an emphasis on them in practice to get some guys some you know some run in the passing game, and you can tell they worked on it. That's the best thing is that what I like so far is they've identified concerns and then week to week you can tell that they've worked on them. Maybe not so much last week with the passing game, but listen, there's, there's just something to be said about, there's just something to be said for looking that impressive. It looked like they were playing the video game on rookie mode. It looked easy but guys weren't coasting they're playing their hearts out i don't i don't know how you, how anyone could not be encouraged by the start so far i know you have we there are people that have concern and here's the other thing so i know when you look at this box score and the reason i bring this up is cuz someone quote tweeted it i couldn't even remember who it was but um trevor did a story after the game about how this looks like this looks like what josh gaddis offense what they want his offense to be you know, speed in space has always been having numbers advantage, having plays be well blocked, and getting the ball in space outside the numbers to your guys that, to your playmakers with green grass in front of them. And I know you look at the box score and it says 48 rushes, 373 yards. A lot of people say, oh, they think that Michigan is just running the dive play all game. Or has a full, they're running out of the I formation. I mean, they're doing different stuff. I mean, you see, you see the the jet sweeps. You see, you know what they do with AJ Henning and Roman Wilson, and JJ McCarthy. That was cool to see him involved a little bit. In the JJ uh, played almost the entire second half, and again, he was fine. Four for six, 42 yards. His his most impressive play of the game was probably that 16 yard run. I knew he was mobile, but I didn't, I didn't think he was as mobile as he showed on Saturday. And also something that's in his game that isn't in Cade's right now. Uh, at least from the plays that were called on Saturdays. They they looks like they're doing a little more option, like read option type stuff with him. Which if you have a quarterback that can run that, that also kind of unlocks a different dimension of 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 your offense as well. But you know, they're sending guys in motion. They're it's not like yeah, you see the running numbers you see and you go, "Oh god, well, Clearly, Jim Harbaugh. This is his offense. Jim Harbaugh wasn't motioning wide receivers, and you know what? What Gattis likes to do when, when this thing is cooking and going well is he has guys kind of moving all all over the field, and that creates confusion. And you got you got guys tripping over their feet, and you know that's what it's supposed to look like. It's supposed to. It's not always going to work, but that's what it's supposed to look like when it does. So, like I said, I mean that's. That's all you can really glean from this game. I think, for the most part, the box score tells the story, says what you need to know. Three and zero. It's You know, it's funny. It, it feels like you escaped the first quadrant of the schedule, right? Didn't just escape it though. You plowed through it. To quote uh, Walter White, you were the one who knocks. You are the danger right now. So, like I said, I think there's something to be said for that. It's weird because we feel like we're impressed coming out of this. And there's this knowledge. And it's a self-aware knowledge from inside the football building, too. They know they haven't done anything yet. And they expect to be where they are right now. You know, at some point, and I've said this the first couple uh, game weeks here, Michigan's not going to be able to just bully whoever they play. And that's going to start next week. Rutgers... Go look at what Rutgers has done. Rutgers is also 3-0. And it's a Greg Schiano coach team. That's a team that's not that's going to come into Michigan Stadium and not be afraid. This isn't a Chris Ash team that's going to fold like a, like a deck chair when they get hit. They're going to scrap. They're going to fight. They might come for kneecaps. I don't know. The lead pipes and the brass knuckles will probably start coming out. But this is the the next biggest test, and this is where you you don't rest on your your laurels at all. We think this is a football team that can mash and play physical. Well, now you get to pick on somebody your own size. Conference play starts. Rutgers is going to be a a tremendous test next week. It's still a game that I would hope, assuming that Michigan is the team they've shown to be these first couple weeks. They still should probably win that one fairly easily. I, I, don't, I hope it doesn't go to triple overtime. But you got Rutgers, and then you go to Wisconsin. And, and the week after that, to Nebraska's credit, uh, those guys played very hard against Oklahoma. Oklahoma was supposed to blow them off the field, and they lost by a touchdown. And that's a desperate program. Scott Frost is fighting for his job. They are fighting for their lives there to keep that thing going. So you're going to be tested over the next couple weeks, going into a bye. You'll come out of the bye, and you'll play another physical football team in Northwestern. And then you'll play Michigan State, who went and won at the U on on Saturday. The cakewalk is done. And we're going to get to a point, you know, they're in a lot of ways, like, I don't know. I feel a lot more comfortable about this team and the floor being as high as I suspected it might be. But all of a sudden, I mean, if you go out and you win next week, and then you go into, you go into Madison and win. Even if you go into, and I don't want to sound like I'm hedging or any of that stuff. Even if you just go to Madison and you're involved in a street fight and you play a, a, a physical, well-coached, well-played football game, let's just say you lose because Michigan hasn't won there since the you know the George W. Bush administration. that's that's the that's the first real quiz right now a lot of a lot of homework a lot of busy work a lot of practice going on next week is like the practice quiz the what do you know and then you go to Wisconsin like a lot of people in Ohio State looks flawed right now they do I think if Michigan and Ohio I, I mean I don't have any this might be a hot take uh, but if those two teams played right now, I mean, we, we we saw what we saw what Minnesota did to to uh, Ohio State, and and I think Michigan's a much better football team than Minnesota is. So I'm not saying, but I am saying, I'm not worried about Ohio State right now. Next, like Rutgers is going to come in. That's going to be a street fight next week. It's not just they're not going to. It won't be easy. And then Wisconsin is not going to be easy. Nebraska, that's got Trap Game written all over it. And listen, we feel pretty good about this right now. This is a very 2015-ish type of team, I feel like. I'm still feeling like 9-3 and three is where this could top out. But I also, like I said, at some point, if you pass a major test here, we move the goalposts a little bit. Expectations can change, and listen—the big Ohio State's down, but let listen. Uh, w- we assume they'll get their stuff figured out, but forget Ohio State right now. The Big Ten East looks as loaded as loaded as it's ever been. You can you can downplay it. You can say that Michigan State is is back to being a pain in the ass. Penn State is going to compete for the East. Michigan might compete for the East Indiana they're gonna be a little bit down it looks like this year but we know what a Tom Allen coach team looks like Maryland could be a pain Rutgers we know is a pain so let's not do this they can do it they can do the what are you doing to beat Ohio State today thing but you know if I'm a Michigan fan today I'm just I just want to win a game next week And that's, it's almost weird how the dichotomy is flipped there. It used to be the team was kind of week to week. They'd focus on who was ever on the schedule and the fans are like, no, you have to beat Ohio state. Uh, and, And even if you, you beat them, you have to do it by multiple scores because this is Michigan for God's sake. I don't even know who that's a impression of. It's an amalgamation. Just want you to just, just win a football game. Win a football game. You've won three. You only won two all last year. You could win four before the calendar flips to October. That's progress. And right now, they have a group of guys that are completely bought in. They're completely bought in. They don't talk about it. I mean, they talk about, they're not shy about speaking what they want to be into existence, but it's not a cockiness. Like before, there was kind of like a little bit of an arrogance about it. This is a very business-like team, and I'm buying. I'm buying the talk of the culture stuff, because the Monday through Thursday work that's being put in, you see it on the field right now. You do. I think that's a good stopping point for tonight. Uh, I am going to take a quick break here, and we'll read your three words, and then we will get out of here. So, three-word reactions coming up right after a quick break here on the Maze & Brew podcast. And we are back here on the Maze and Brew Podcast. Going to get in and out of here pretty quick. Reading your three-word reactions. You know what we do every after every Michigan game. Take the Twitter and ask you to hit us with your reactions to the game using three words. That's the criteria. That's it. So I picked a bunch. And you can see these all on the website. They're all up on mazembrew.com. As are uh, some of our other post-game content. Trevor's been cranking stuff out like crazy. So... We'll start with Brian Hall, who says his three-word reaction, elite running backs. KWB says Rocky Lombardi taunting. Raj Lakra says best O-line ever. Nate Thompson can also pass. They showed that. Yes, they did. Matt Vanesacker says unreal offensive efficiency. Uh, Sad King Snark says all three phases. Jody I'm going to try I'm going to butcher this. Go Jody Getchki says Corum Edwards Haskins. Jason says I'm pleasantly surprised. Dustin Green says haven't played anyone. A Kool-Aid drinking Michigan fan says Onda Ruckers. Rajiv says it's Cade's team. Bloodline, we got heart. Let Corum eat. That's from Noah. Uh <laughs> has a I, I just have to read it. Has a big penis says, Wow, Rocky Lombardi. <laughs> Where May says, We're beating Ohio with the X through it. Yeah, let's not. Let's win a football game next week. How about that? Uh, Sano says, Punting is overrated. And Zach Darrow said, Did the job. So, that's going to do it. You know what? In fact, I will tell a quick story here. The reason why this podcast was a little bit later. I get home. And I'm sitting. I'm, I'm putting together the prompt for how this show is going to go tonight. And I look up, and it looks like you know those murder hornets that they've been talking about for like the last year or so. I didn't take a picture, but I'm telling you, like this thing was the size of a, a, a silver dollar, sitting on one of the beams uh, in my living room. And it's buzzing around, and it's it's mean. It's mad. So what I do is I grab. A, shout out to shout out to Lindy Sports. I rolled up the pro football preview magazine. I rolled it up and I just tried to whack. I was playing whack-a-mole basically with this wasp and I got it and then I go to pick it up and it's like remember at the end of Halloween when Michael Myers gets thrown over the rail and then they look over the edge and he's gone. Like that's what happened with this wasp. So I'm like, I'm paranoid now, right? So I'm pacing through the house, pacing through the house, seeing, I don't know, is there a nest in the house? I come back there's two of these wasps in the living room, and I, I'm telling you, you want to you want to talk about speed and space? Those these these two wasps were zipping around my living room like AJ Henning and Blake Corum. I could not get them. So, long story short, these these wasps put up a little more of a fight today than Northern Illinois did. So, shout out to the wasps. Shout out to Mom's birthday. Shout out to shout out to you guys. Shout out to everyone who listens after the show or after these after the game. Like I said, I get I've gotten to the rambling point, but uh, it's it's an honor it's a blessing to do these shows with you. Uh, Michigan's three and 0 That's three good weeks, three good shows in my opinion. As you know, you can follow me on Twitter at Anthony T Broom. Follow the website at Mason on Twitter. Get the podcast wherever you get your shows: Apple, Google, Spotify, Stitcher. That's going to do it for us. Michigan moves to 3 and 0 on the season with a 63-10 victory over Northern Illinois. That'll do it for me. That'll do it for us this week. We'll talk to you next time.